Speaking of that, their church do you is guys actually like Southern Baptist. Do you eat fish? Oh, I love fish. We yes. gotta go to Popeyes. They got the new Cajun flounder oh, yeah, sandwich. Did you see it? Oh wow! It looks awesome. I heard on. <laughs> they, I heard about Bojangles. They have the Bojangler. Right now, <laughs> the Bojangler. <laughs> the Bojangler. That's awesome, man. Because that's what they sell. Is it in its fish? It's a, that's so. That's what they sell. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the Bojangler. I, I love fish sandwiches. Like I'm a sucker for even McDonald's. Yeah, like fish. Uh, really? Gross, like, I'm sure. Alicia, Alicia got that the other day, and she felt sick. The rest. Yeah, of the day. I'm sure. <laughs> so you can get a double. So the Popeyes. No way. Yeah. Oh wow, two two patties a mush. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> But that Popeye's one is it good? good. It yeah. looks great. I don't know. I we saw, need to try it. I saw McDonald's had their spicy chicken nuggets out. They were mm-hmm. I, on TV. Yeah, I really wanted to get those. <laughs> you saw the commercial for them? No, we were in the drive-thru. Same time as she got hers. Mm. But I just got the regular chicken nuggets. Took one bite. I was like, I should have got the spicy ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard they're okay. Yeah, I want to try that Popeye's. That would probably be pretty good. I think we should go there for lunch one day. <laughs> yeah, just I'll eat the sandwich. No fries. No. It be looks good. It look the the commercial does does it justice. <laughs> does it justice? <laughs> is it flounder? Is that what it said? Cajun flounder. I think I so. Like? I think so. Yeah. Look good. You don't want the bojangler? I would rather have the bojangler, honestly, just because the name. That's an awesome name. That is. Whoever thought of that is great. <laughs> just jangle the hook out in front of the fish, and we got the bojangler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, Together we want to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, This week we want to continue our discussion of the Screwtape Letters, uh, letter number 21. We did 19 and 20 last time. This time we're going to do letter 21. Um, so we're going to continue on talking um, this week um, about the fact that we don't really own anything, um, but we, we act like we own everything. Um, so sitting around the table with me are our usual guys, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Scott Slater, family pastor, Tim Ikoangeli, uh, lead pastor here at the church, and I'm Spencer Snow, the discipleship pastor here at MNBC. Um, letter 21. Uh, is an interesting letter because he highlights something that is, uh, I found to be really powerful, really good letter, really interesting, um, where he highlights the fact that um, we can get upset because we think we have claims upon everything in our life. Um, and so it's, it's got, again, some wit, some humor, but also the reason it's funny is because it's true. So I'm going to open up here by uh, begin reading here, uh, letter 21. He says this, men are not angered by mere misfortune, but by misfortune conceived as injury. And the sense of injury depends on the feeling that a legitimate claim has been denied. The more claims on life, therefore, that your patient can be induced to make, the more often he will feel injured. 
and, as a result, ill-tempered. Now, you will have noticed that nothing throws him into a passion so easily as to find a tract of time which he reckoned on having at his own disposal unexpectedly taken from him. It is the unexpected visitor when he looked forward to a quiet evening or the friend's talkative wife, turning up when he looked forward to a tete-a-tete with with the friend that throw him out of gear. And so what he's saying here is the fact that... um, this man, what are you guys laughing at? You, you totally you started doing that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he totally started doing that. I'm sorry. It's his desire to be British. Do you think the demon had a British accent? I mean, I know C.S. Lewis did, but he, I mean, you think that the demons do too. I'm no, sorry. I'm not sure. <laughs> to make them feel totally more comfortable us. with their patient and everything, probably. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those secret things. We don't know. You are revealing to us now that they did. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every episode, you need to have like a new article of clothing to make yourself more British. Like specifically like Winston Churchill. Like a little... Yeah, oh, like, did he wear hero. a bowler's hat? Is that what that was? I... Yeah, you know, I yeah, that would be cool. I'm I'm gonna okay start with, with a stogie. Stogie. Could be painting a picture by the end of one. Well, if you're C.S. Lewis, you need a pipe. I actually read a quote from C.S. Lewis to the youth this past week about having a pipe in your hand or a pipe in, oh, in from your the teeth. Athanasius letter. Uh, the pipe the, in the intro. Teeth. Yeah, I guess so. But like yeah. having a pipe in your teeth yeah. when you're reading a bit of theology. Yeah, it's the introduction to <laughs> Athanasius. Yeah. Did you hand some out to the youth? Yeah. I mean, what was the? They purpose? were bubble pipes. <laughs> 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 yeah. I had to make do with kazoos. No. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great quote, by the way. Yeah, I can No, you know, you're right though. Um, for some reason, just having tobacco on you either makes you feel southern or British. So mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it on me. Yeah. So anyway, interesting. Anyways, back anyway, to the back British. To the- Sorry. <laughs> Have you ever noticed this? <laughs> we should try to do an episode where all of us do an accent. Scoop! <laughs> 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 it is so thick nobody can understand. <laughs> okay, um, I'm trying to get that. Crikey, mate! <laughs> yeah, you just watch a little bit of Thomas the Tank Engine, and you get Luke. Have you ever seen Luke, the little engine? He's kind of Scottish, a little bit Luke. No. Like, all right. <laughs> have you ever noticed this in yourself? <laughs> Do you have times that you begin to belong to you? You think belong to you? You're very good at it. Yeah, I struggle with that. I know. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that in me. <laughs> no. So I guess one of the things is is what he's so what he's highlighting here is the fact that we start to think that we. <laughs> We that the world, as I pointed out from my friend before that one time, right? That the world doesn't start and stop at our convenience, mm. but we think it should, and we think that the whole world is all about us, and we yeah. own the world and time, and our time belongs to us. So this is my time to do whatever I want to do, and and whatever. Have you ever noticed this in yourself um, that you think time or other things belong to you, and therefore, whenever interruptions come to you? You're upset because it's violating your time. I mean, does this ever happen to you? Yeah, constantly. It's a big struggle of mine because I think when you live a lifestyle that's kind of busy, right? You know, just I have to plan. I have to plan my day out of what you know, what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, all that stuff. Right. And so if something twists that, it messes. 
it messes more things up than even just my time or right. whatever. It could mess up my whole week now. Like my whole yeah. week now has to change because of whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's always something that's really hard for me to give up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I struggle with it all the time. Yeah. Am I alone in this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, I think I think everybody does. I think it's a uh, the, the fact that we get upset highlights the fact, like what he's saying. That's a that's a symptom of a deeper seated um, thing. And of course, right? There's always caveats to be given, right, um, about all these things. But I think what that that highlights there is the fact that we regard time as our own. So like it go. I think it goes both ways. Well, with things with maybe what we would deal with as pastors, um, which may be different for other people. But um, we have to realize that, uh, you know, we could be called upon at any time because of a disaster in somebody's life or mm-hmm. something happens right. or somebody gets sick. Right. We could be called upon to say, hey, can you come, you know, so-and-so's in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, or this accident happened or so-and-so died or something like that. And it, it, what I mean by it goes both ways is, I know this sounds horrible, how I'm going to say it, but hopefully people will understand what I'm saying. It's a disruption to my life when that happens, even Mm -hmm. if, and now that sounds bad, but if you're going to tell me, yeah, the funeral now is going to be on Saturday, it's going to be on Friday, or it's going to be on Tuesday. Tuesday's the day I like to study for my sermons the most. Well, now I don't get to do that on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. so it's got to go to a different day, Mm -hmm. right? And so I got to make time for this, or um, so-and-so just died. Well, I'm in the middle of dinner with it. Well, now I need to leave. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by it goes both ways is I feel my time is important, and so I have to fight that. But now this other family feels their time is the most important, and so they put that on me. Hmm. Pastor wouldn't come. He doesn't care. He doesn't love. Well, you're just, you're forgetting, you know, Mm -hmm. it's on you as well. And so we all have these struggles uh, with it. Mm and. It's hard balancing that when everybody seems to struggle with that because they think their time is the is the most important. I remember dealing with that some, you know, when I was in youth, I liked to go watch the kids do different their different activities, whether it was basketball or baseball or whatever it might be. And that seems simple enough to parents, but some parents would get mad. You know, you never came and saw my kid play football. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, and I know to you that's your life. You know, and I know to you it's your kid and it's important and it's on your schedule. I have my own kids, and then on top of that, there's 50 other youth who are doing things that I would like to go see, but I just don't have that time, you know, all right. the time. It's not that I don't like them or that I don't care. It's just, and, and it yeah. becomes a great battle sure. um, within within the church, within mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he... And what what the problem is, is ultimately it comes down to all of our hearts, right? Where we think, we think that we own all of these, Mm -hmm. all of these things. They belong to us. He, he, he he points out here, um, they anger him because he regards his time as his own and feels that it is being stolen. And he says, you must therefore zealously guard in his mind the curious assumption, the humor, right? The curious assumption, my time is my own. Let him have the feeling that he starts each day as the lawful possessor mm-hmm. of 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we start thinking that time is our own, um, this is my own, whatever is my own, instead of forgetting that it's actually all gift mm-hmm. from God. 
We were just talking about this a little bit ago off camera, but with our kids and waking us up in the yeah. middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> how it's really hard to love them through that right. and be patient through that. But instead, right. you're usually really frustrated because right. you're like, this is my time to sleep. And you are right. hindering that right now because you're thirsty <laughs> right. or whatever it might be. And you're getting very frustrated by it. Right. Right? That's right. a sign of. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's almost as if like I'm a parent and therefore you're supposed to simply be a good child. And me being a parent means I never have to deal with any difficulties you may bring my way. <laughs> right. But actually, that's the opposite way. You need a parent because you've got problems. And God's given. I'm here to serve you, actually, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in reality. It's so, funny. I'm sorry. No, go. I can only speak to this as a pastor because that's what I've done now for a long time. Right for most of my working life. And uh, it's funny because I'll have people, you know, say, Pastor, you should take some time for yourself. And I think that's great for you to say, but you won't say that when you need my time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I know you're saying that right now, but this family at this point need, they are saying they need my time, mm -hmm. which I don't believe anybody needs me. You don't need my time. I'm mm -hmm. not, I can't give you anything. I'm right. I'm going to fail on that. Uh, but I think you guys know what I mean by that. Right. And, uh, and it's a good thing to say to people. I mean, right. You should take your time. But it's really hard to be on the end where I need somebody, but I have to recognize, you know what? I know I need them right now, but they're doing their own thing, and I'm going to be okay with that. Like, that's hard. That's another hard thing yeah. to do is to be able to recognize uh, that and be and be okay with it. Right. You know, maybe you experience it with your parents or something You're like I really need this we need someone to babysit our our kids you know we got to go do this why won't you do this mom and dad and they have their own time too mm -hmm. right and you need to respect that as well mm -hmm. maybe they don't want to or can't mm -hmm. or whatever right. you know it's right yeah yeah Sorry. no you're good Again, I keep interrupting you no that makes sense I think about this a lot because I have that feeling you know when you get a call you're in the middle of doing something and you get a call hey so-and-so's sick which COVID's kind of gotten rid of this to some extent but right they're wanting you to drop everything and go to the hospital. And a lot of times the initial feeling is like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm in the middle of this or I was, I was doing this. Now I got to go do this. And there's, there's frustration. And God's always dealt with that with me, you know, like the whole drive over, <laughs> you, know, right, right. you need to calm down. Right. It's going right. to be okay. Right. This is why to comfort these yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like this. Is, yeah. 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 Well, that's, I mean, that's a, a practical plea for, all of the ministry of the church not resting on one man's shoulders. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why it, it needs to rest on multiple men, no mm -hmm. matter the size of the church. Right. Mm -hmm. It needs to, mm -hmm. it, that's why there's a plurality of, of, of leadership there mm -hmm. right, over a church right. in right. that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he says here, so he says, you need to make him think that actually all of this is his, he says, eventually personal birthright. <clears throat> But then he, he continues on here. The assumption which you want him to go on making is so absurd that if once it is questioned, even we cannot find a shred of argument in its defense. <laughs> the man can neither make nor retain one moment of time. It all comes to him by pure gift. He might as well regard the sun and moon as his chattels. So he says it's ridiculous that we would think that time works for us as much as we would think the sun and moon are our slaves. And what he's trying to get at is that we start to think that we are the center of the universe. It's, it's laughable that humans can think that they own time and it's absurd, it's ridiculous. It's really insane to think that we own these things as possessions. It's all pure gift. 
that it comes to us. Um, and, and this really pushes against uh, what we typically think of as sinners. This is not unique to our society. This is across the board, is that uh, we start coming with the assumption that the world is, that I control the world, that I'm in control of it, and that I rule it, when actually the Bible's understanding of the world is that God made it, and then if you're a Christian, God has bought you with his own blood. Hmm. So you don't belong to yourself. Your, your, your identity is found in the fact that you don't own anything except that now you belong to him. But we approach it um, as if we, we did regard it as ourselves. Um, what does this teach us about our sin nature that we can so, fall, so easily uh, fall prey to these uh, insane ideas like this? Because it's really almost insane. It's insane to think this, that actually I wake up and time all belongs to me and it's all about me. But that's what sin does. It makes us, if I can put it this way, it makes us stupid. It makes us th- believe ridiculous ideas that, if, as, as Screwtape says, if we actually gave two seconds of real thinking about it, we'd realize how preposterous it is. Preposterous, excuse me, yeah. it is. Why, what does it teach us about our sin nature and about us as fallen creatures that we can fall to ideas like this? I think it teaches us that it is uh, a matter of our nature in a sense that, like, if you stop and think for two seconds, it, it becomes absurd. But it's just like it's like a natural bent, a natural inclination that you do it. It's one of the ways it shows up the clearest uh, and most consistent. Mm. And so I think it just goes to show, I mean, it just goes to show the idea that this is part of mm. what it means to be a fallen person mm-hmm. that's not, you know, um, not yet completely <clears throat> made new in mm-hmm. sense. So... I think it's something that every person can identify with. Mm-hmm. It's not just a pastor. Right. It's not just a person with a big family or right, yeah. with anybody. kids and tons of sports. Right. It's like literally anybody Anyone, yeah. has experienced this. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't take a child very long to say mine. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, or the seagulls and Finding Nemo. Yeah, they can say that too. <laughs> it shows the depth <laughs> of our selfish. sin because it, in Romans, right, where it says, "Well, I'll give it over to them in their sin and this," mm-hmm. and then right. Scripture also talks about how. Not only will they recognize it as sin, but they're going to promote it as, mm-hmm. as good. Yeah. And I've been taught, again, my whole life where I live, going through the public school system, being raised an American, being, you know, all that here, that I have these rights that are mine. It is mine. When I pay for this land, this land is mine, mm-hmm. right? This house is mine. Mm-hmm. I have a job, and we sign a contract that you're going to pay me this, and I'm going to do this work. When I do this work, you owe this to me. Yeah. Right, um, the government with the taxes when they when they raise taxes, this isn't right, right? We it's like you're you're getting my money. This is mine. That is it's all mine. And so, I've been taught this my whole life that it's all about me. Uh, maybe not in the church setting. Maybe they hopefully the church is pushing against that somewhat. But we just believe as Americans, we've been born with rights. And we have rights to property, we have rights to education, we have these rights that are ours. Yeah. And so we are taught this very plainly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you step and encroach on me, we have a problem because mm-hmm. this is my birthright mm-hmm. uh, of being born here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, what you consistently hear people say too, the most sanctifying experiences in life are is like when you get married and also when you have kids. We were kind of talking about this earlier mm-hmm. of... It's like all that, like when you have a child, all of a sudden, all that time that you used to enjoy sleeping 
is going <laughs> to go away. <laughs> and you'll see how fast that turns you into a little rage monster. <laughs> you know, or like how easy it is to... It's like you you have this grand idea that you're going to love this child with everything in yeah. you and it's going to be happily ever after, but wait until they wake you up every 30 minutes at night. And I then know. like you get mad because like you are interfering with my sleep time. And mm -hmm. there's people all over that say that. It's like they say, I need or I must have like this amount of sleep each night, you know? And it's like when that gets taken from you, from something like that, you, you realize like, all of a sudden your life goes towards, whether it's in marriage or like having a, a new child, you, you mean that's that's what so many of those things are mm -hmm. about is your time is not gonna be your own once you get married. Like you actually have a, a real relationship with this person, right. hopefully. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the same thing with a child is like, that's gonna take up pretty much all of your time. Right. You mm -hmm. know, for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's it's coming coming to terms with that is, more painful for some, hmm. you know, because they have such a an ingrained mentality of like, this is my time. I need my time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. things. But. Yeah, I think back to your question, it really shows us that we're really good at deceiving ourselves mm -hmm. to the point where we would compromise or justify the sin that we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it, it really, it should humble us because it makes us realize how, I mean, as he says, we can't even think of any arguments really to defend this. Yeah. So don't even get him starting to think about it. But I think it shows um, how how ridiculous sin is. It, it's it, it's it's uh, insane. It's insanity. <laughs> sin is insanity. Yeah. To sin against God <laughs> is the biggest harebrained idea anybody could ever think of, and yet we do it every day. Because it's part of our our we our disposition is broken. Mm. We are that we are we're we're none of us are sane. I think Spurgeon even said that one time. Like none of us are completely sane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Like I just I mean even recently, you know when one of my kids have been doing something bad, and I'll just ask, it's like, what were you thinking right. when you did that? It's I like, wasn't. I, I mean, they don't really have an answer for him, but because they, they right. wasn't really thinking, it was right. just kind of doing acting on impulse. Yeah. Right, well, you, you hear that oftentimes, right, from people who, who sin or commit some crime or whatever. I don't know what I was thinking. Hmm. What were they thinking? Well, they, they, they weren't. They weren't. That's... We're talking about time in particular, and I, I just, I think about people who are late all the time, just like late people, to me is very selfish it's a very selfish personality trait that some people have. And I hate, I hate when I'm late. I'm not gonna say I'm never late. I, I, I know there's times that I, that I am. Um, and there's probably good excuse sometimes to be late to something. I, I, my tire went flat or whatever. I mean, something could happen. At least legitimate excuse. Yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's a legitimate, legitimate yeah. excuse, yeah. you know. And sometimes people go overboard. Well, you should have pre prepared for that, you know. And throw Why it. didn't you leave two yeah, hours early? Yeah, you should have. <laughs> that, that stuff is dumb. But we've we've joked with people at other jobs that I've had before. They were just late all the time, and you would bring kind of like you said with your kids. Like, what is your excuse for being late? Well, I live thirty minutes away. You know, you only live fifteen, and you just don't get it. And it's like you have no good excuse. Get up fifteen minutes earlier. You know, leave a little bit earlier or whatever the case. There is no real good excuse for you to be late all the time, to always be struggling with it. There is an answer to solve this problem. You know, and I think it comes to what we're saying. It's just this is their time. 
it's it's mm-hmm. it's my time and you know i can fit a little bit more before i have to go or i can do this mm-hmm. and it's just really a, a selfishness when we when we get down to it and when you if you have to answer to it if you have to give a good answer like why are you late there's not a it's one of those moments like your kids like uh yeah i don't i don't have a good mm-hmm. answer i drink another cup of coffee here. <laughs> you know i i really thought i could stop at the gas station first so i thought i could get to the grocery store real quick or whatever i thought i could get mm-hmm. these things in actually what it is i swung by starbucks to get you this coffee <laughs> yeah. okay you can be like, more often. <laughs> yeah but it's just like we own it you know and it and when we think of it that way it really is it really is a selfish a selfish thing mm-hmm. you know and, and, and he expands the, the selfishness and the claims that mm-hmm. we put up to uh, everywhere. He says we got to encourage them ownership in every aspect of their life. So he says, um, again, another humorous thing. He says the humans are always putting up claims to ownership, which sound equally funny in heaven and in hell. And we must keep <laughs> them doing so. Much of the modern resistance to chastity, he writes, comes from men's beliefs that they own their bodies. How vast do, I mean, how often do we hear that? Mm. Right. This what? is my body. Oh, yeah. I'll do whatever I yeah. want with it. Yeah. Right. This is mine. Yeah, that's. Just I am so who common. I am. Right. Um, that is that is the uh, the motivation. I mean, whether it's supporting abortion mm-hmm. or whether it's supporting mm-hmm. uh, s- sexual behaviors, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, yeah. um, whatever I want to do with it, yeah. it's mine. It belongs to me. I think about that with land, owning land. Like you hear today, you know, people saying this land is the Native Americans' land. Mm. And, uh, okay, who'd they take it from, right? And you can keep going back with <laughs> land, I mean, forever. You can go to Europe and say, you know, the Ottoman Empire owned it, the Romans owned it. Like, mm-hmm. you can keep going and right. going and going, and it's, it's, it's because it's, it's nobody's, we don't own this, you know. Mm-hmm. It, now, again, you, you're talking to people who come from a thought that there is no God, potentially, mm-hmm. right, who don't believe in this. But for us who know and believe that God created everything, mm-hmm. and it's all his, it really is a silly thing to think, mm-hmm. That sum up that we can claim mm-hmm. this right, mm-hmm. that this is my mm-hmm. this is my land. Like yeah. we're the, you know, in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. the Sooners. You know that the whole story of that and staking our claim with the flag. This is my fifty acres that I've get. Right. I mean, it just doesn't exist. And if you start playing that game of ownership, it is going to lead. Then who really is the rightful owner? Because they owned it first, and you stole it from them, not the right way. You mm-hmm. know, and it wasn't handed over the right Bob, And you keep going. And eventually you're going to get to nobody owns this. Right. 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 That's the inevitable end. Right. So we, we don't own anything. No, nothing. Right. What does Paul say? We didn't bring anything into the world. Um, and, and, and I think jo- Paul said, you who dies with the most toys still dies. Was that wrong? I, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a Chevy sticker yeah, or something. <laughs> Maybe from the message. Wow, yeah, that's the message version. It was a joke. I have a bigger toy haul. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, Jesus used that parable, right? The guy who's building barns, right? Mm -hmm. To store his stuff. You fool. Tonight your life's required of you. Right. Or Job, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We we bring nothing into the world. We can't take anything with us. Right. Um, So it should really humble us to realize we don't, we didn't, I didn't create myself. I didn't choose the time I was going to get to come mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm not going to choose the day I die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to choose what I have here in this world. Mm-hmm. I don't get to own anything. <clears throat> I am entirely dependent upon God. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Which, which leads to the theology Humble. of stewardship, yeah, right? And yeah, wanting exactly. to be good stewards yeah. of the things that God has allowed us to be a part of now. Right. And so when we think about time and glorifying God with our time, how can I be the best steward of the time that God has given me? Mm. And right. so that's when you have to weigh the decisions of like, um, no, I need to spend time with my family or I'm going to leave my family for a time to take care of this, of this family who's hurting right now right. or to go to work. Right, I'm not going to be with right. my kids because I'm going to go to work so that I can. Right. Make, that's the best way to steward my time, and right. and we have to think through those things, and right, right, and and be willing to say no, because if you say yes to everybody, you're just saying no to other people, mm-hmm. and you don't realize that, but that's what's happening. So right. I want to be a good steward of my time, or you could take it to land, which I've been talking about. How could how can we steward the land? That's why I think it is a relative, com- uh, a relevant conversation for us as Christians of like. Um, the earth and taking care of the earth and recycling and all this stuff. It's not something I think you can just push aside. Yeah, sure. I do think you have to ask those questions and mm-hmm. say, we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so that's why, I mean, I even take it down to, if God blesses you with a car, take care of your car. Yeah. Like, take care of it. Be a good steward of yeah. it. Don't be selfish with it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're giving people rides. Maybe you're yeah. doing these different things of your home. Take care of your home that God has blessed, right? Be a good steward of that thing. Don't treat it like trash. Yeah. You know, it's not, it, it be somebody else's maybe <laughs> right down mm-hmm. the road. So mm-hmm. treat it well. Um, those are questions I think as Christians, yeah. we need to think through in all areas of, of stewardship, yeah. time, like you said, time, right. resources, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Because really it's not ours. God has blessed us with it for this moment. Right. So I want to use it the best I can for his right, glory. Right. And I exist for other people, mm-hmm. too. And I exist for God. Um, yeah, there's, there, I want to read. So, yeah, there's, so much, there's some really good stuff here eventually when he says this. He says it towards the end. He says, we want to encourage the idea of them using the word my. <clears throat> he says, even in the nursery, a child can be taught to mean by my teddy bear, not the old imagined recipient of affection to whom it stands in a special relation, for that is not what the for that is what the enemy will teach them to mean if we are not careful. But whenever we say that, whenever the kid says my teddy bear, he says, "But the bear I can pull to pieces if I like." So what he's saying is, is mine. I own it. Therefore, I can master it and do whatever I want with it. Mm. I am the controller, the master, the commander, and the manipulator mm. of whatever I want to do with it. And he says, and at the other end of the scale. We have taught men to say, my God, in a sense, not really very different from my boots, (laughs) meaning the God on whom I have a claim for my distinguished services and whom I exploit from (laughs) the pulpit, the God I have done a corner in. Mm -hmm. So again, right, what is it ultimately about? It's ultimately about idolatry. I'm going to manipulate and control God, I think. Mm. I'm going to, I am the master and the controller of my life. I'm the captain of my fate. That kind of idea. Ultimately, we believe the lie that um, I've got God in a corner, I've got everybody in a corner, and anybody who gets out of line, it's my job to put them back in line, mm. because ultimately, I'm I'm God. I'm the one in control of of everything. Eventually, what what Screw Tape points out is that the the joke and the humorous throughout the whole thing is that we actually own nothing. He says, and all the time, the joke is that the word mine in its fully possessive sense, cannot be uttered by a human being about anything. (laughs) In the long run, either our father or the enemy will say mine of each thing that exists, especially of each man. They will find out in the end, never fear, to whom their time, 
their souls and their bodies really belong, certainly not to them, whatever happens. At present, again, humorous, at present, the enemy says mine of everything on the pedantic legalistic ground that he made it. Our father hopes in the end to say mine of all things on the more realistic and dynamic ground of conquest. Reminding us that nothing, we, we can never say anything is ours ultimately. And that's what he says the humorous thing is. The joke is no human being can actually say mine of anything. That's what reminds me of the, say, the Heidelberg Catechism, the opening question. What is my only hope in life and in death? That I do not belong to myself, mm. but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, that is a radically different message than natural sinful man of any culture wants to hear. Mm-hmm. That their only mm-hmm. hope is found in the fact that they don't own anything, but they are owned by somebody else who mm-hmm. died for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a wonderful message, I just think. I was just going to say, I think that, I mean, like this is, we've talked about how this plays out in multiple facets, mm-hmm. but like this is one of those areas where if a group of Christians is actually living faithfully mm-hmm. with the idea of stewardship, not ownership, of whether it's their time or their possessions, their house, their car, whatever. Like those are, you can go way too far with this and I think some people do, but I think those are the type of Christian communities that really catch the attention of the world Mm -hmm. and say there is something radically different about those people because they don't live as if they own anything. That's actually one of the early descriptors of the early church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, none of them treated it as if it was their own possessions, but mm-hmm. they were selling their own possessions to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made an impression. Mm-hmm. And it still makes an impression today mm-hmm. when you see people giving so freely of their money, of their time, of their resources to bless right. other people. The world does not act like that. Right. And so, like, when... If, if, if the church does that, it really does catch the attention of, of, of the lost people right. around well, it. Well, Jesus said, right, they will know you're my disciples if you love one another. That's what love is. It mm-hmm. seeks the good of other people. Yeah. So love doesn't, love doesn't say mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, do it in this sense mm-hmm. of being selfish. It's always focused upon others. Um, so yeah, and that's one. Of, that's that's a wonderful truth of the gospel. It's because now we're free from b- trying to buy God's love. So I don't have to use my works to buy God's love. I can use my works now to benefit my neighbor and bring glory to God, mm-hmm. because I'm set free from having to be in bondage. Uh, so so God sets us free to love mm-hmm. other people. And this is one of our goals with the home group stuff that we're trying to roll out as a church of where we can see this happening. Right where you're. Um, allowing people into your home, caring for each other, maybe sharing a meal together. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily saying sharing possessions, but there's this sense of this, you know, where you, if your home is like your idol, you don't want people in it. Right. Don't touch my stuff. Right. Don't make anything dirty. Mm. How dare you wear your shoes, you know, or in this house, or just whatever right. it might be, but being free to right. come and be community together and, mm-hmm. and enjoy each other. Um, and, where, you, and you're offering prime rib. Mm. At your, your house. Well, right. for the next couple of days, there's yeah, some right. left. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at there's... my house, thanks <laughs> that, to the is that yours special. Or is that... I told you guys you could have it. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did. didn't bring it in. You didn't bring it in. Do you know where I live? <laughs> I mean, you could come to my house and be Oh, my, my house? 
That's you could come to my house. <laughs> yeah, just more Amanda's house. Oh. <laughs> so, so she's the selfish one? You let your wife think things like that? I mean, that's why the remodel's <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my house. <laughs> yeah. I also have some cookies I made. You can come over and get some. Really? Yeah. Feel free. I won't be there tonight. I got a game, but. All right. Okay. You live too far away. Yeah, see, <laughs> you live too Just far. go get a fillet fish. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. But no, I mean that's the practice of that. Right. That's part of the thought behind that. You know, of mm-hmm. yep. being to because because when it's like, hey, let's all just go to church. This is like kind of all our church. We all feel like we have some ownership <clears throat> of this. You know, if the mm-hmm. carpet gets coffee on it. You don't go home all frustrated usually because right. it's not really my carpet. I mean, but if it's at your house, and that's the, that's a mm. different story. Right, right. Um, and so just coming together in homes, I think, helps mm-hmm. us to see this. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. To share. Mm-hmm. To share, which is right. a childish thing that we teach people to share. We teach them from a very young age. But I think as we grow in our faith, at least I hope people are doing this, you realize how hard it is for you to share. Mm-hmm. Your time, the things that you've earned, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things. You realize that sin is still in there mm-hmm. that I don't like to share mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how the problems don't really change. They just <laughs> yeah. further right. get, more, get, more expensive. get more expensive and complex. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, thanks, guys, for chatting about this. We hope it's been helpful for you um, <clears throat> at home. And... Uh, yeah, so next we'll, we'll be looking at letter 22 eventually as we continue on in, uh, in the Screwtape letters. Uh, keep reading. Hope you're enjoying it. And uh, take care and have a great week.